So we are in a new month, and because of that, we're doing a new theme, and the theme this month is the incarnation. Now, we have done this before, but this is going to be uh, part two. We're not going to, this will be some new things uh, on the incarnation, and I'm so glad that Jesus came. Amen? Now, we know he wasn't actually born on de- December 25th, but here's one thing we do know. He was born. He was born, and because of that, we can still celebrate every day, every week, every month. And so I'm grateful that he was born. Amen. So our focus scripture this month is going to be from Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. It says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Meaning God with us. Isn't that awesome? Amen. God with us. Amen. And so we're going to this week go into the, to the reason. I don't know about you, but I've, I've got a curious mind. I always wondered, Lord, couldn't you have done it some other way? Did you have to come and be crucified on a cross? You're God. You could have done anything, right? Why? Did the Savior have to come and save us in that way? Couldn't God have just flicked his fingers and brought salvation some other way? Well, we're going to look at that today. And then next week, we're going to go into the prophecies about the Messiah. The prophecies there. The Bible tells us, or the scholars say there's more than 7,000 prophecies, which is what makes the Bible unique among so-called religious books, because... I've challenged Mormons, I've challenged uh, Muslims. I say, show me in your book the prophecies. And guess what? They cannot. They cannot. But the Bible is just full of prophecies from Genesis to Revelation. So we're going to look at that next week. And then we got some more exciting things to... to you know, I'm, I'm laughing because I was up all night. <laughs> so I'm a bit loopy, so... But you know what? It's, it's enjoyable to me. Amen. Just as they say, you got to pray my strength in the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to look at, 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 at the incarnation and we're going to start with a famous scripture, John chapter one, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. And we beheld his glory. I've said so many times, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know why we were created? To be vessels of his glory. That's what a son of God is, a vessel of his glory. That's why it said Jesus, who came as a son of God, was full of glory because he was the only begotten of the father. And in the Greek, that word, be only begotten, it's really one word. They had a When they translated it into English, they had to make it two words. But it really means uh, one of a kind. Unique. The unique son of God. One of a kind. There There isn't a double. There isn't... You ever walk down the road and someone says, I've seen someone look just like you. (laughs) But there is only one Jesus Christ. He is one of a kind. Amen. Matthew 1.22 says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold. And here now Matthew is referencing the scripture in Isaiah. He's quoting from the book of Isaiah. You don't find that in almost any other religious book where, the, where one book is quoting from another section a prophecy that is being fulfilled. The Bible is uniquely uh, in, that, in that way that it is God's signature. Prophecy is God's signature. Amen. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Amen. Amen. Now, this is going to be a deep dive today. (laughs) So hold on to your seats. Hold on to your seats. Amen. The word became flesh. So I have to put some caveats, okay? I have to put some caveats. Um, what I'm going to be teaching this morning is not salvation. Prophecy is not salvation, right? 
That's not salvation. So if you don't want to believe that, that's fine. You know what you need to believe for salvation. But it's my explanation to the, to the question I said, why did God have to do it this way? Was there a reason that he had to be this way? I, I said to God when I was growing God, God, why did you have to make Jesus come and suffer this way? Couldn't you have brought salvation some other way? And the answer is actually no. And we're going to show you why the answer is no and, and what the answer is. So let's get going. John chapter 11, verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. This is Jesus now, about two weeks, three weeks before his crucifixion. He goes to the tomb of Lazarus because this is the event, the raising of Lazarus, which triggers the whole end, end scenario. That's this, it's the raising of Lazarus, which is why they decide that they got to crucify him. So he goes deliberately to the tomb of Lazarus, and before he, he calls his name, this is what he says. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And this is the point I want you to, 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 to notice. He says in verse 42, because you need to remember this. And I knew that thou hearest me. What does it say? Always. Always. You've got to remember that. Jesus was saying the Father hears him always. That means anything that the flesh wanted the Father to do, Jesus was declaring right now he hears him always. Always. Remember that. Okay. So now, when he was in the garden, the night just before he was arrested... And he brings the, the disciples into the garden and he takes three of them and he says, you guys stay here and you watch and you pray with me. And of course, you know what they did. <laughs> they fell asleep. But he went a little bit further and started to pray. And you know the prayer that he says, it's in Matthew twenty six thirty nine. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, and now here's the important part. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Now we know that he did go to the cross. So that tells me that it was not possible. So this starts to give you the answer that the way Jesus came and lived and died had to be that way. Because remember in verse 42 of John 11, he said, I know that you listen to me always. So the father always, so if Jesus said, if it be possible, and if it was possible for him not to go to the cross, then certainly there would have been another way. You following me? Went a little further, fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And then he says this, nevertheless, to me, this I've said this before, this is the greatest thing a Christian can say. If you can say this in any circumstance and mean it, then you have arrived. You've gotten somewhere. When you can say, nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm going through some pain and suffering. Nevertheless, the doctor has said this. Nevertheless, I've lost my job. Nevertheless, I'm, I'm in deep financial trouble. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. What a statement. What a statement. Nevertheless, you know, never the, Lord, we want you to take this out the way, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It's okay to ask God for anything, but you got to add that nevertheless. You got to add that nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. So these verses tell us it doesn't tell us why yet, but it tells us that the plan that God had for salvation was absolutely necessary. There was no other way. God isn't mean. He didn't want to, 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 to suffer. He didn't want uh, Jesus to be whipped. He didn't need the, the th crown of thorns. So what this tells us that that whole process, although we can't understand it, was necessary because Jesus said the Father hears him always. 
Always. And here he's praying and he says, if it is possible for there to be another way, if there is another way. In fact, Jesus himself said, you know, I could call 12 legions of angels. Now, 12 legions was the total size of the Roman army at that time. That's, that's the total number of legions the Roman army had. And each legion was about 6,000 soldiers, but they had about 10,000 auxiliaries, as they called it. So that was a huge number. And Jesus didn't need any angels. He could have just blew them away just by himself. But he said, for this cause have I come into the world. Amen. So what we have found out in just this first slide here is that it was necessary for him to die. And it was necessary for him to, to be crucified and be offered up. Because if, it, if there was some other way, it would certainly have been done because Jesus asked for it. And he said the Father hears him always. Amen. So we see that there had to be a, 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 a savior to fix man's sin problem. To fix man's sin problem. John 12, 27, Jesus said, now is my soul troubled. You understand, the Bible said he was in all points tempted such as we. Now, if you're facing crucifixion and you're going to, you know, they're going to put nails in you. You're going to, as a human being, don't tell me you're not going to feel some kind of way. <laughs> he had to feel just as a human being under that kind of threat felt. He said, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. He could, he said, I could have called 12, 12 legions, but if he had done that, you know what that would have meant? There would have been no redemption for you or me. This was the only way that God could fix the sin problem. And we're going to look at the reasons why. Jesus here says, for this cause came I unto this hour. As I've said so many times, he was probably the only person who knew exactly the time of his departure. You know, most of us, if we had a date certain when we were going to depart this world, we'd just probably stay in our room and lock the door. <laughs> it would paralyze us. But the Bible said he went about doing good. Amen. So we're going to look at, at this. So what we've seen so far from the scripture is that there was no other way because Jesus prayed and asked if it was possible. Every other prayer Jesus had prayed had been answered. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came forth. He said, thy sins be forgiven. The sins were forgiven. So that this prayer was not answered was because it had to be that way. Amen. So we're going to go to the beginning of the book to look at the reasons why. Amen. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, we see that God created man in his own image. God created us initially in chapter 1 in his own image. What does that mean? What does the Bible tell us about God's nature? God is a God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in Amen. So in Genesis 1, the first part of us that he created was our spirit man. In other words, our soul. But a soul is incorporeal. It, it can't exist in the physical world because it's a spirit. And so in Genesis 2, of course, he took that soul and put it in a, a body that he formed of dust. Amen. So our spirit man was first created in Genesis 1. And people get confused, you know. The, the skeptics say, well, here's one creation in Genesis 1, and then here's another creation in Genesis 2. They don't understand that God was showing the sequence. First, he created our soul in Genesis 1, and that was created, he used a special word in Genesis 1, bara, means out of nothing. He spoke it into existence. He spoke our soul into existence. The word in, in Genesis 1 that he uses for creation is bara. In Genesis 2, he uses a different word for formed. Formed. That means when you form something, it's out of something that now exists. He formed the flesh out of the dust of the earth. And he uses a completely different word. Yatsa. So our spirit man, our soul was created first. And then in Genesis 2, 7, he took that spirit and he breathed it into the body 
together with his covering spirit, making us a three-part person. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living, meaning an incorporated soul now, a soul in a vessel. But also, we now also had God's glory. Remember, I said that we were created a son of God to be a vessel of his glory. The scripture says when we see him, we're going to be what? Well, is Jesus glorified? So if we're going to be like him, are we going to be glorified? Amen. Come on now, that should make you smile. That should make you give God praise. That should give you joy. The Bible says when we see him, we're going to be like him. For We're going to see him as he is. And that is a son of God. That's what we're going on to. The Bible says those that those are led by the spirit to them gave he power to do what? Become. We're in the becoming process of being a son of God. So God breathed the soul of man into the dust of the earth. And then he glorified it with the spirit of God. And that's what makes a son of God. That's what makes a son of God. Is that you're a three-part being. You're, you're a body, a vessel with a soul of man covered with God's spirit. Amen. Well, you know that in Isaiah he tells us that. Every, even everyone that is called by my name. And this scripture has all the three words that he used for creation. For I have created him. For what? For my glory. You were created to be a vessel of God's glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have. That verse has all the three words from the chapters of Genesis 1 and 2. Of the three parts that God was doing. Everyone. You've been called by his name? Have you been called by his name? If you have been called by his name, you have been created. That's what he said to Nicodemus. You have to be born again. You have to be born again. Created for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. Isn't that awesome that we were created to be vessels of God's glory? So Adam and Eve, although they were naked, they could not see themselves. You know, they glowed. They had... They had aura coming off them. They, they look like supernatural beings because they were full and covered with God's Shekinah glory. Right now when you get the Holy Ghost in Ephesians 6, it tells us that it's our soul that's sealed. It's the inside that's sealed. God isn't really so much concerned with this body. Back then it was the whole body because it was a glorified body. As I said last week, what we're waiting for now is for this glorified body, for what's inside, to manifest outside. We, Jesus showed that. When he was transfigured, he showed what a glorified son of God was. He took the three of them up on the mountain. The Bible says he was transfigured. And his raiment became as white as, as snow, and they couldn't even look at him. He was revealing what a son of God is, looks like. You're not going to see me. All you're going to be able to see is the glory of God. The proof of that, of course, is Moses. Because he was in the presence of God every time he left the mountain, the Bible says his face shone. And that was just a reflected glory. That wasn't the inner glory. He didn't permanently possess the Holy Spirit. But just being in the presence of Almighty God, when he came down the mountain, he had to put a veil on him. Because they were scared. <laughs> I think you would be too if you saw somebody start to brightly shine. <laughs> so this is what they were covered with, God's glory. So Adam and Eve, although they were physically naked, they were covered with God's glory. That's the best birthday suit you could get. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. When you're born of the Holy Spirit, that's the best birthday suit you could get. Sister Brownie. Yep, that's what I said. You missed it, yes. When, when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, he revealed and he told them, listen, don't tell anyone yet. I'm letting you into a secret. You're going to understand this a bit later, but this is what I've called you to. You're going to be a vessel of my glory. 
This is the, this is part of the reason he had to come the way he had to come. This is the part of the reason he had to die the way he had to, so that we could once again become vessels of his glory. See, that first covering was the Spirit of God. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus answered in verse, Verily, verily, except that a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So we were a three-part being. At least Adam was a three-part being. But then we see that day when they got disobedient. That's such a sad day. Well, I, well, I don't know about you. I used to lo- love to blame Adam. <laughs> I could be in that beautiful place right now. That's only an earthly beauty. Imagine the garden of God, the paradise of God. Can you, I I guess it can't be imagined. It can't be imagined. The paradise of God. But you know that the, the, the story, there was the tree that was there. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Now you notice what that says, that first verse? It's your choice. Joshua said, choose ye this day whom you're gonna serve. God said, I'm not gonna stop you. I'm telling you what you mustn't, you should not do, but I'm not going to stop you. Look at that first verse. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Meaning God was not going to put a fence around it. He wants you to love him. What was last month's topic? Last month's topic was commandments. If he loved me, you will do what? God wants us to serve him out of love. He could force us, he could, he could make us robots, but that would not be love. He told Adam and Eve, listen, you can eat of any tree. I'm not going to try and stop you. But verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, surely die. But of the fruit which is in the midst of the garden, now this is what the woman in, uh, told, told Satan when Satan asked her, what, what did he say? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it, lest he die. Uh, but you know what happened. You know the sad, the sad story that she went ahead and was deceived. It appealed to the lust of the eye, the pride of life, all of those three things. Because she looked and she saw that it was something to make one wise. You know, the devil is very enticing, isn't he? He comes up with stuff to trap you. He knows exactly what button you, 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 you will respond to. He knows exactly what he's been studying human nature for thousands of years. He knows our weaknesses. That's why we have to be crucified with Christ. So the day that that happened, guess what happened? Their covering, their spirit from God left them. That died, and the rest of them would have died too, but for God's mercy. Because the covering was what gave them eternal and immortal life. But that glory went the very same day. And the rest of their body would then have died, and then their soul would have died. If God had not stepped in and been merciful and given them a covering. Isaiah 30 verse 1, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, and cover with a covering. What's the first thing Adam and Eve did when suddenly, suddenly, this glorious thing, this, this spirit covering disappeared? They realized, the Bible says that they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves to make a covering. Isaiah 30 verse 1 says, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering. Here's the thing, you can't cover with anything but God's Spirit. Nothing else can really cover you in front of God's eyes. But not of my Spirit that they may add what? Sin to sin. Yes, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil gave them independent judgment because the first question God asked them was not did you eat of the the tree but who told you (laughs) where did you get this idea from who told you he didn't say did you eat of the tree he said who told you 
you're listening to somebody else's words. You're getting your ideas from somebody else other than me. You're eating from someone else's tree. That's, that's how deception works. You're eating from someone else's tree. You're not taking my words because my words, they are spirit and they are life. That's what it says. God's words are spirit and they are life. Satan's words are death and deception. And the eyes of them were both open. Then they knew now they were naked because the Shekinah glory had filtered their senses. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So the covering that they came up with, the second covering, was fig leaves. But it wasn't good enough. It covered the flesh, but couldn't cover the soul. They still were feeling guilty. Because if it had worked the way they imagined it, they wouldn't have had to hide. But even though they made this external covering... The Bible said they were hiding because the inside couldn't be fixed by what man was coming up with. They knew that they were naked and sewed fig leaves and tried to cover themselves. Amen. Now it's interesting, and I've taught this before, but the Hebrew word for skin is is pronounced O-R-E, or. The Hebrew word for light is also pronounced O-R-E. I don't think it's any coincidence. What the Bible is really telling us, that the covering was light. The Hebrew word for or and the Hebrew word for light is the same word. They were covered with the Shekinah glory. It was, it was a supernatural covering that God gave them. Amen? And that's what went away when they sinned. That died literally that night. In him was life, John 1, 14, John 4. And the life was what? The light. That spiritual covering was the light. That was the light. That was the covering. John eight twelve. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have. Now look at this phrase, the light of life. The light of life. I told you I had to hold on today because I'm <laughs> going to be taking you uh, some different directions here. Amen. So the covering now that they had, which was light, which was the glory, had gone. And they were going to die. So God had to give them two temporary coverings. The Bible said he made what? Coats of skin. Interesting. Because... Satan makes a reference to this when he goes to, goes to tempt Job. He says, listen, you've put a, you've put a covering around him. Let me add him and I'll show you he will curse you to his face. Then he makes this comment, skin for skin. What was he meaning skin for skin? He was referencing to the fact that you, you already changed the, the, the light and you put a temporary covering. Well, you move all the coverings and let me add them. And we'll see what happens to Job if he won't curse you to his face. So the covering now that that had been light was gone. And instead, they called it the same word, but it was no longer the light. That's why the Hebrew word for skin is spelt or is uh, transliterated the same way, O-R-E. Isn't that coincidental? So now we see that death came into the world. Romans says that by one man, sin entered the world. And death then passed upon all of us. So sin is a genetic defect. You know, it's not as we did what Adam did, though we've done other stuff. (laughs) You know, in school, I didn't do it. No, you didn't do that, but you probably did some other stuff. You ever got beaten for the wrong thing? (laughs) But there was many times you got away with stuff (laughs) that you deserve to get whooping for, and you got away with it. Somebody else got it. (laughs) Somebody else got it. Amen. And so death now passed. Genesis 5, 3 is the genealogy chapter. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son. Now, it's using the exact same Hebrew as when God created in his own image and in his likeness. But now Adam had a genetic defect. He was missing that spiritual covering. So he can only give birth to what he is now. 
And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Nobody actually completed the thousand years. In the New Testament, it tells us the days as a thousand years to God. So in a way, both symbolically, the spirit covering died that day, and nobody ever exceeded the thousand years. So God's word that in the day thou sinnest, thou would surely die, was still fulfilled. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. But he had sons and daughters and the earth started to multiply. So let's just look at that a little bit uh, deeper here. Me uh, got a little technical glitch here. So the first covering, of course, was the breath from God, which was his spirit covering. And man became a living soul. Let me put this back here. So the Bible tells us that the spirit, the logos, the thought... Acts in the physical. When God, when God wants to do something, what does he do? How does he manifest? How does the spirit manifest in the physical? By a word. Isn't that something? So when you go to pray for people, you know what? Don't pray without saying something. You have to actually say a word. Because that's how the spirit manifests in the physical. It becomes word. Isn't that amazing? And that the reverse also works. If you're thinking some bad thoughts, don't say them. Because you then manifest the word in the physical. You get how it works? Keep it in here. Don't say it out. I'm very guilty of that. I'm speaking to myself because I'm, I'm, I'm very guilty of, of saying stuff. So I'm preaching to myself this morning. I need to stop that. I need to stop that. So the breath is the, is, is the spoken word. And when it's spoken, that's when the effect starts to happen. Amen. So the word is the incarnated and joined with the, the, with the flesh becomes a son of God. That's what I'm trying to show. So that was the first covering. But of course, you know the story. And Adam then had to make a second covering, but that was not good enough. And in Genesis 3.21, unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So there were two parts to that. Because to make a coat of skins, it means something died. Something gave its life to produce the skin. And so there were two parts to that, to that covering. There was the skin, the outer covering, but there was the blood. And it was the blood that was given for the covering of the soul. Leviticus 17.11 tells us that. For the life of the flesh, and in the Hebrew, it, it, it doesn't say life, it's the soul. The soul of the flesh is in the blood. Do you understand that that's a real revelation? Scientists have been trying to search for where your consciousness is. And they think it's in your brain. The Bible is telling us that your soul is actually in your blood. Think about that. And that's why they have not been able to duplicate blood. Try as they... They've come close. They can they can artificial plasma... But you know, when there's a big emergency, guess what they appeal for? They can make artificial oil, they can make synthesized oil, they can make all kinds of things. But with all the technology, man has yet to be able to make blood. Think about it. You know why? I don't think they can. Why? For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Isn't that, I studied it one time and the blood has more than 300 uh, different things. And some of the quantities in that are in parts per million. And if it's off by just a little bit parts per million, it don't work. It's got to be, some of the, the 300 items that make up your blood have to, are so precise. You ever been given one of those little tiny, tiny pills? I'm, I, I was given a little pill, it's about that. And I'm thinking, what can this do? It's, it's almost nothing. It's like one billionth of my weight, this pill. But yet, you see that just a little tiny little millionth of a gram difference in certain of the chemicals that are in your blood, your blood doesn't work. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make 
An atonement means a covering in the Hebrew. And so it was the blood sacrifice that God gave as a temporary covering. That wasn't the permanent covering. And so that's what instituted and the reason for the blood sacrifice and the animal sacrifices was for a temporary covering to preserve the soul. The skins were to preserve the body, but the blood was for a covering for the soul. And so the third covering that was, was created was uh, for the skin. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So as I said before, the Hebrew for skin and the Hebrew for light is the same way. And the third covering was, was for the soul. Now it's funny because the word Adam means the red man. And in fact, the word for blood is D-A-M. So in Hebrew, they take the ha, which means the blood, hadam, and put it on the altar. Think about that. That's a, that's a, a play upon words. The hadam, the blood, is put upon the altar as an, an offering. See, Adam, in, in other words, has to die. Mankind, we have to die. This flesh is going to have to die in order to be redeemed. So the Hadam, so the word D-A-M that people curse with is actually from the Hebrew. It means blood. And the, 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 the word the in Hebrew is ha. So the Hadam means the blood for the life of the flesh is in the blood. I hope I'm not over giving you too much today. I said this would be a little bit deep. Amen. I have given it to you upon the altar to make a covering for your soul. So all the sacrifices that they did, all the animal sacrifices was not for when they were alive. Because as long as you're alive, your soul has a vessel. It has a body. The sacrifices that God told them to do were for the time of their death. When this, they had no body, but then their soul now needed a covering in the ground. And so when they did the animal sacrifices, you will read in the Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, they sprinkled the blood where? On the altar of earth. The brazen altar had a grill, and underneath it was always built upon an earthen mound. So when they sprinkled the blood, guess where it went? To the ground. Why? For the time of your death. That's why... When Cain killed Abel, what did the Bible say? His blood cries out from the... Because that was the covering for the soul. You'll have to listen to this again. I'm sorry. (laughs) See, this is I'm getting to the reason why Jesus had to die. This is why he had to die. Because these were temporary coverings. They could not really keep the soul... They could keep the soul from dying, but it couldn't actually release the soul from the place of the grave. And I've told some of you why that wouldn't work. First of all, think about the animal that they were told to use for the animal sacrifices. What kind of animal had it to be? They couldn't use any old animal. They couldn't use a dog. Why couldn't they use a dog? It's got blood. Why couldn't they use a dog? Or even a higher animal like a monkey. Because the higher the animals are, the more conscious they are of wrong or right. A lamb or a goat operate purely on instinct. Right? A dog can be trained. But a lamb or a goat operate purely on instinct. Right? They, they're, they're purely instinctive animals. That way, they were innocent. Remember, what, what was it that, that was the sin? It was the knowledge of what? Good and evil. So the animals that they were told to use for sacrifice had to be animals that could not have any consciousness of wrong or right. Hope this is making sense. That's why they had to use a lamb or a goat or any animal that was totally instinctive in its, in its life cycle. But the problem with that is although the animal was innocent, the blood was innocent, the animal didn't choose to do it. The animal didn't say, take me, I'm going to die for you. It was forced. So the, in Hebrews it says the blood of bulls and goats could not, could not forever remove sins. Why? Because they could not choose to give it freely. 
Their blood was innocent because they were instinctual animals, but they could not choose to do it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let, let's go on. I'll hold that thought. So now let's get to the main question. Adam and Eve have sinned. They have destroyed the covering that God gave them, the Shekinah glory. So why couldn't God just snap his fingers and give them a new one? All he had to do was speak another word. And he could just make them a new spirit covering. And we could have skipped all of these thousands of years of mess and pain and suffering. Well, the problem was that God isn't like me and you. When he gives his word, it's his highest thing he can give. Hebrews tells by two immutable things, it is impossible. It is impossible for God to lie. Once God gives you his word, it ain't coming back. He said to Abraham, in you shall all nations be blessed through your seed. Abraham held on to that. So even when God said, take your son and, and, and offer him as a, he believed that even if he killed him, guess what was going to happen? There was, God was going to raise him back. Why? God had given his word. God, and here's the problem why God could not do that was he had given his word. He had given his word to Adam. First of all, he had given them dominion. He had told them, you now are in charge of this planet. You rule this planet. Not only that, I'm giving you dominion over reproduction. Let's read it. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. That means rulership over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Then he gave man reproductive dominion. He said what? Be fruitful. And in doing that, he was telling, from now on, you are the one in charge of reproduction. And uh, the scholars say that's the only command that man has obeyed. <laughs> that's the only one that man has obeyed, is been fruitful in reproduction. I've, I've heard that there are now 8,000 million people on this planet. And every night when I pray, I start to think, Lord, are you, every single one of those people you know intimately, you know the very hairs on their head, that, that just blows my little puny mind. But he gave Adam dominion. Now the time when he gave Adam dominion, as I'm representing up there, he was a three-part being. He was a spirit covering the body, covering the soul. He was a son of God. The Bible says that we are to bring many sons to glory. God has given us the same command for, to, be, to be fruitful and multiply. We're supposed to disciple other people. That was the same command he gave Adam. And if they had not sinned, so he gave them power over the reproductive purposes and the biological law in Genesis that to reproduce after his kind. Each, each creature was going to reproduce after their kind. So if Adam was a son of God and he had reproduced after his kind, then the only thing he could have brought forth was what? Sons of God. Amen? Each creature, God made a biological law. God said to the beast and creepy thing, everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good, that his pronouncement was good. So Adam was created a son of God. Luke chapter 3.38 gives us the genealogy going backwards. And I just love reading it. Which was the son of Enos. Which was the son of Seth. Which was the son of Adam. Which was the son of God. See, God had given complete dominion, not only of the earth, but over reproduction, of creating new sons of God, if they had not sinned. So the revelation is man was given sovereignty over the creation of sons of God. This is the reason why God could not now just flick his fingers and make new spirits. Not only that, remember at the end of Genesis 1, it said God rested from all 
his creative work. He went into his Sabbath of rest, so to speak. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Here is the secret. Here is the secret. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Once we lost that spirit covering, we were now stuck. We can only give birth to sons of men. Jesus said that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I said unto ye must be born again. Hebrews 2.10 explains it. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing, what does it say? Many sons unto glory. Remember what we were created to be? Vessel of his glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Just speaking about Jesus. He was the only one who could fix the problem. We're going to see how. So if they had not sinned, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, they would have birthed not sons of men, as in Genesis 5, they would have birthed sons of God because that's what they were. And God had already said everything reproducing after his kind. They would have been producing sons of God. Now the spirit, the soul, would still come from God, but they would have produced the vessel and the, the covering, and it would have been uh, not a son of man. Seth would have been born a son of God. But in Genesis 5, the genetic defect of sin had taken place. So when Adam and Eve had a son in their image, it was in their defective image. And from that point on, we all were a two-part being, a soul and a body. And we were missing that third part. And this is why Jesus had to come. Because we were missing that covering spirit. And that's why all they could give birth to from that point on. It must have saddened God so much to see his plan of what he had created for his children go so bad. But the Bible said he, he, he had a plan of salvation and it's taken a long time, but it's going to come to pass. So here is the reason why God could not just fix things because he would then be breaking his word. He had given man dominion. God transferred the sovereignty of procreation to Adam the son of God, and that included the power of procreating the spirit covering because he had it. That's why it takes a spirit-filled person to lead someone else to the spirit, really. Amen? It does. The soul still comes from God. The the, The spirit part still comes from God. The soul of man comes from God, but the body and the covering would have come from man. That was God's plan. He never intended what happened here. This was never God. Look at the world today. Look at the wars. Look at the suffering. Look at the rapes. Look at the murders. Look at the babies being killed. That was never God's plan. Never God's plan. You see, he would have, he would have had a son in his image, but after he sinned, all he was was a soul and a body. And in fact, it uses a different word now for man. Starting in Genesis 5, it says enosh. Instead of Adam, which is son of God, uses enosh, which means mortal man. Subject to death. Subject to death. Because we lost that spirit covering. And of course, in Genesis 5.3, Adam lived 130 years, had sons and daughters, lived another 800 years, and then he died. But Seth now was not like him. All he could be was a body and soul. So again, why couldn't a God just created another spiritual covering? Well, here's the reasons. One, because he had given the power, the sovereignty of reproduction to Adam and Eve. And secondly, he had ceased from his creative work. He says so. Genesis 2.1. Let's read it. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God, what does it say? Ended his work. Because it was perfect. There was no more he could do. Genesis 1.31 says, And God looked at everything and said it was very good. God ended all his work. And so he entered his Sabbath of rest. So for God to now fix the problem, he would have had to create out of nothing. 
And he could only have done that by coming out of his rest. That's why he used the animals. He didn't have to create the animals. They were already there. It was not his plan to use the animals. He didn't want any... He says, sacrifice and, 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 and offering, I would not. That's not what God's plan. He didn't want all these animals to be sacrificed, but it was his only way of temporarily saving his children. Only his temporary way of saving his children. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. So for God to, to, to give a new spirit, he would have had to come out of his, he would have had to broke, break his Sabbath of rest. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified because that in it he had rested. Now here's the other two words. From all. Does it say all? All his work which God created and made. Satan thought he had, he had won. I got him now. The bodies belong to me. He's, he's, given, them, he's given them power and now they, they have to report to me. I'm in control of this planet and he can't break his word. I got him now. I think, I think I won this. I think I've, I've, I've got God trapped. I think I've worked this out. Everything was just going beautiful for Satan. Because now they, because they had obeyed him, he had now dominion. The Bible says, whosoever servant you obey, yield his servant you become. Satan probably thought, wow, this worked out better than I ever planned. See, he had a reason for trying to get them to eat. There was a reason for that. And his plan so far was working out perfect. God now would have to break his word. But then God had a plan. It's going to take some time. It's going to involve some pain. It's going to take a few thousand years. But I have a plan. In Ezekiel it said, I sought for a man. 36. To stand in the gap. So that judgment would not fall. But I found none. You see, it really wasn't his judgment. It was just the laws that he created. He had created these laws for perfection. And once perfection was damaged, the laws try and eliminate it. That's all they do. It wasn't that God has to kill people. If you touch an electric circuit, what's going to happen? <laughs> they didn't turn the electricity on just to shock you. It was there before. But you broke the law. If you touch it, what's going to happen? See, God didn't create these laws to kill men. They were there to sustain the universe. But when we start to break them, then that's what happens. So God had a problem. How could he save mankind? The flesh was going to die. He'd given the temporary covering to not let them die, that all of them die that very day. He could not create using bara out of nothing, but he could still form without breaking his word because the stuff was already there. And he could make out of existing material. And so that's what he did. That was the problem that God was faced. Now there was no source of spiritual perfection in the created universe because man through his disobedience had broken the law that God said, if you do this, it's going to die. And there was no way to create a brand new covering. In fact, there was only one source of spiritual covering. And guess who had that? God. Now you begin to see the answer. If the only source of a spiritual covering is with God himself, and man needs it, then God is going to have to come. Do you see that? If that's the only source now of spiritual covering, then somehow God is going to have to come. But he can't just come as an angel, because man has the sovereign of procreation. He's going to have to come the way of all men. You begin to see the answer. He had to be born of a woman, made under the law, so as to fulfill all of the, 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 the sovereignty that he had given man. So was there a way to fix the problem? Again, Jesus revealed who we were called to. He said in his prayer in John 20, he says, I have manifested thy name that thou gavest me. What is his name? Jesus. But that's not his full name. There were a lot of people named Jesus in his day. Yeshua. He asked Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're the prophet. Some say you're this. 
But Peter, who do you say I am? Here's the full title. Thou art the Christ. Here's the big part. The son of the living God. That's the part that we can't leave out. The son of, that's why Satan came. If you are the son of God. He knew why Jesus had come. For 4,000 years there had been no son of God to take away his dominion. But now here comes a son of God. And he knows. In three and a half years, his game is up. And he tries to do the same thing. Turn this stone into bread. You have the power. You have the dominion to do it. Remember now, whoever you yield your servant to, whoever you yield to his servant, you become. Amen. So God had a plan. Now this begins to explain why Jesus, why God had to come. He was the only source left of spiritual perfection. He had to use the, the, the sovereignty given to man. So he had to come through the, the agency of birth. Galatians 4.4. 4. But when? Let's say when. For thousands of years, God had this plan. Satan began to understand it when, a little bit, when he talked to the snake. He said, listen, okay, you, you think you won. But the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head. He knew then, okay, so it's not over yet. Yes, you're going to bruise his heel. But the seed of the woman, Genesis 3.15, the very first prophecy, is going to crush your head. And so he started to get worried then. Okay, so we have to make sure that there is no seed. And that's why there has been this uh, effort to destroy. First mankind and then the, 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 the tribe from which the seed should come, the Jews. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, under the law. Even in the book of Genesis, in the names, and I've showed you this before, the prophecy was there. In the first ten names, Adam, man, Seth, is appointed, Enosh, a mortal man, Kenan, sorrow. These are the meanings of the names. Mahalalel, the glory of God, Jared, shall come down. Enoch means teaching or instructing. Methuselah means his death shall bring. Lamech, from the word lamentation, those in despair. Noah, comfort and rest. Isn't that amazing? His death shall bring those in despair, comfort and rest. See, all through the scriptures, God was preparing his plan and showing that there was coming a day when he was going to have to come himself. Because he was the only being that had still the spirit of perfection, a covering that could be given to mankind. And he modeled this in the atonement ceremony. The two goats that were chosen, right? One represented the body. One represented the soul. And the one that represented the body... God told the high priest, you put your hand upon that goat and you pronounce all the sins of the nation. Then that goat is taken as far away as you can, never to come back. That's what Jesus did. He took our sins far away, never to come back. And so when we are baptized, we identify with his death. Romans 6, 4 says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, so that his flesh took away our sins when we are buried with him in baptism. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by what? The glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, the flesh is crucified. That was the atonement ceremony, the goat on which all the sins were pronounced. So this flesh is a dead man walking. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. When Jesus was on the cross, that's what happened. The body of sin was destroyed. Henceforth, we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. You can't, you can't file any charges against a dead person. You know that? You can't take a dead body to court. 
that won't work. You can't do it. It won't work. They'd say you have no standing. You can't sue a, a, a coffin. <laughs> Satan cannot attach anything to us if we have been buried with him, if we're dead. He can't, he can't, he can't attach anything. He can't, he can't say he did this or he did that. No, I'm a dead man walking as far as he's concerned. For he that is dead is freed. Let's say freed Freed. from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? We shall also live with him. Amen. So now there's two parts to it. Remember, there's two goats. The first goat was the body, which was taken away after the sins. The second was the soul. That's why it's a double solution. Remember now, remember I told you why he came. He released his spirit in death to give us a new, how can a soul be released from a body? There's only one way. So for him to come, he brought the spirit with him and he said, if I don't go, it can't come. Remember? And this is why he had to die. The only way now, having brought the only perfect covering with him to release it so that we could have it, he had to die. He had to die. Amen. If he loved me, keep my commandments. That was last month's lesson. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him for he dwelleth with you. He was speaking of himself and shall be in you. Isn't that awesome? And shall be in you. Here's, here's what happened on the cross, John 23, Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, father into thy hands, I commend, I release my spirit now so that 50 days later it could be given to all of us to complete our covering. Isn't that awesome? Come on. That deserves a praise offering right there. Not for me. But for Jesus, this was the reason he had to die. Because it's in the only way that the spirit that he brought could be released. He had to die as the sin offering. He had to die in that particular way. Because if Satan had killed him before, the only place he could have gone was back to heaven. But once the high priest said, it's better that this man should die for the whole nation. The Bible explicitly says he didn't speak this of himself. But the Holy Ghost made him say it. He was declaring Jesus to be the atonement sacrifice. Aren't you glad that God is so merciful? Do you know when we get an infection, how we survive? It makes us sick for a while. But the the way it works is this. One of your cells has an immunity. And the only way that immunity actually gets spread to the rest of the body is, guess what has to happen to that cell? It has to die. It's when that cell dies, all of the DNA material spreads to the rest of the body and gives the body immunity. That's exactly what Jesus did. He came and he had to die to release the spirit into your hands, Father. Commend my spirit. And so that 50 days later, There could come a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. All the people before Hebrews 11.30, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed them that they were strangers and pilgrims. These all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise because Jesus had not died. Here's the scripture. God having provided what? A better thing. The better thing is the covering spirit. All they had was the animal sacrifices that all that could do was preserve their soul in hell until Jesus came. When he came, the Bible says the rocks were rent, the graves were opened. The Bible said he led captivity captive. And he made a, a triumphant show over Satan. Isn't that awesome? Amen. He, spo- he took every righteous soul out of the grave. 
God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Amen. If you could stand with me. I, I, I rushed through some of this. Hebrews 9.22 And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. You see, those animals, as I said, couldn't voluntarily give their life. But Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down. Amen. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures, the symbols of the true, but into heaven itself. That's why the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. We have an intercessor that is continually, say continually. That's why when you say Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you say Jesus, he hears your cry. He hears your prayer. But into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Amen. This is why Jesus had to come. This is why only he could bring that spirit covering. That 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared upon them cloven tongues of, as of fire. Amen. Isn't that awesome? What Jesus had to do in order to once again bring many sons to glory. That we now can be a three-part being. We're still waiting for this part, this last part, this flesh part. Romans 8.20 said, The whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain. To it waiting now for the redemption and the revelation of the children of God. The last part where we get the glorified body. Not just on the inside, but all over. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts to me, Father, we just thank you for your amazing sacrifice, your word that, Lord God, that 2,000 odd years ago you chose, hallelujah, oh God, to come, to give us the ability to be redeemed, to provide the spirit covering, to once again enable us to become sons of God, to be part, Lord Jesus, of your family. Lord, we just thank you right now for your anointing and your presence. Lord, we ask you, Lord God, to just bless our second service. Let the anointing continue. Let this place be filled, Lord God, with your spirit. Lord, have liberty to touch, to heal, to deliver, to lift up, to edify. We thank you, hallelujah, and we give you all of the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering this morning, hallelujah.